0: Welcome to Let's Talk It All. I'm Anvil and. and I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. And he's Jeff. <laughs> he's Jeff. So I am Jeff. Just trying to give me a little something to. to uh, let the whistle with. Let the whistle with. And uh, whistle we're going to tap into the Sam Adams. You've got the winter lager and I've got the oatmeal Stout. Sam Adams winter, winter collection. Winter collection. Christmas collection. Winter. Whatever the hell it is. Here and let at <laughs> all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. All right. So, tonight, besides drinking, we're going to be talking about Sasquatches, Bigfooters, Sasquatches, Big Feet. Um, now, is it, it Bigfoots big or Big Feet? Do you use the proper plural of the name foot? Uh, I uh, really don't use the if term Bigfoot than... that often. I use Sasquatch or Skookum.
1: Skookum. Skookum's actually an Indian name. Was well, she on that reality show? What?
0: Yeah. No, I guess that's Snooky. Snooky, yeah, that's it's different.
1: Snook, yeah, no. Skookum oh, means uh, hairy giant. And I cannot remember which Indian tribe it is. It's in the Chinese west. I got a new name for my thing. Yeah. Uh, Skookum. 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 Skookum.
0: Skookum. Skookum. Hey, Hairy giant. Hair Hair giant.
1: giant. Um, and Sasquatch is actually, if I remember correctly, from a Canadian uh, Indian tribes. I just don't remember which one is anymore. To my mind is shocked
0: because I'm old. Old. Yeah, you're old. <laughs> You're old, I'm old baby. Old. So, if you listened last week, you you know we had some medical conditions going on in the, yeah, the place. Yeah, I have Tourette's J- syndrome. Jeff had family. some uh, temporary Tourette's syndrome going on. We're gonna try to avoid that this week. Um, although it was funny because we did, I did do a running tally, and uh, we uh, Jeff had 30, 30 episodes of Tourette's <laughs> during the episode we had last week. So. We're going to try to avoid that this week. I do apologize to all the faithful listeners really for my
1: outbursts on. last week. I'm not sure what was into me last week. Um,
0: and I don't know. Yeah. Black Friday, sensitive, sensitive topic. Uh, oh, it nice. was. Posted some videos on the the Facebook from Black Fridays mm-hmm. from around the country. Yeah. It was. It, I just. I was embarrassed by a lot of them. Uh, several of them were, were filmed at Walmart. And I thought we had and again, I haven't been in, in that biz that for five, or six years, but I thought they cleaned up their, their act on how they did Black Fridays, but there were some real shit shows out there. Yeah, it's still a disaster. Um, you know, it's all about that almighty dollar. Right right? Yeah, yeah. So Sas Sasquatches. Yeah,
1: Sasquatches tonight, folks. Uh, I'm gonna be telling you some stories <clears throat> and they're true stories, so none of this stuff's made up tonight. Uh you know, I was telling uh, uh, my co-host uh, Anvil here, uh, Rickford, show started that uh, in my extensive research of this subject uh, over most of my life, because I, I started out very young. I think I was seven years old when I got into the Sasquatch side of things. Um, the I have found that the Western United States Sasquatch, the one from like Oregon and Washington State, um, are not the friendly type. Um, uh, that particular species, um, you know, for whatever reason, um, they're not nice. Uh, they're, they're and, you know, I, I joke about it, but they're extremely dangerous. I mean, extremely dangerous. Um, I mean, extremely, and I'll, I'll tell some stories tonight and I'll get to the point on that. But, extreme, where in comparison on the East Coast side, I have not read the same kind of horror stories uh, that I have uh, seen on the West Coast side. Um, and myself my own encounter uh you know with the the beast of connecticut hills we call it uh it's actually his nickname the, the Beast of connecticut uh you know i i'm sure it knew where i was and my family was and if they wanted to do us harm it could have and my 16 gauge wasn't going to stop it as far as i was concerned and you know obviously uh, in my opinion uh you know not one of them just runs around at once uh, you know they're attacking it Looks uh, like a family be I, I believe anyway
0: um, but, yeah so so the west coast now and you may not know the answer and i'm just spitballing things out there do you think that with do you think that their habitats are becoming smaller why they're becoming more aggressive out I, on the I, west coast i think coast that's i mean the East we're coast? hypothesizing
1: on all this but i would assume I mean that is a very logical way of looking because a lot of the wooded area
0: here on the east coast is protected it's, it's right. state land or whatever and i don't know if there's that kind of you know no. outside of the redwood forest i don't know on the West Coast, if a lot of that stuff's protected, it's just being overdeveloped, over mined, logged, mining, yeah, mine, mine, <laughs> mining for trees. Yeah, damn, he's an idiot. Um, Overforested and forested. Well, here's harvested. You know, there is a there is a political side to the whole
1: Sasquatch, Bigfoot, saga that I don't think we ever brought up before on this show, and that uh, I the only I did it once in an interview with another show. I brought it up, but if you're a logger out west. A professional logger, you work for the big logging companies, you actually have to sign um, a non disclosure act. Um, And I am not making this up. If you witness or think you see a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch, you are not allowed to tell anyone about it other than your direct supervisor. Uh, Basically, they silence the loggers. And again, folks, I am making this up, this is a fact. They actually silence the loggers because, think about it for a moment, if, on a national level, uh, Sasquatches were proven to be real um, and they would be considered a dangerous species, uh, what would happen to the multi-multi-multi-billion dollar you know, tree-cutting industry out west if you can no longer log in a protected forest because of a protected species? Well, yeah. As, as the major, major financial ramifications. Um, and that is one of the reasons why uh, I don't believe that the, uh, you know, the species uh, has been put on the endangered list. You know, it has been in California, but no other state. Uh, what's interesting to know about that as well, you know, you'll see in this show tonight, I'm going to talk about a lot of forest rangers, national forest rangers, uh, with their own stories, and uh, mostly from out west, by the way. Um, it's very quite clear to me at this point that the National Parks uh, Department, um, the forest rangers, uh, the National Forest Rangers out out west anyway, um, at least certain areas of them are very aware that these creatures are real. Um, They're very aware of it. Um, And there's a lot of people, mostly children, that end up missing in our national parks out west. And there's a book called 411. Uh, I highly recommend you read it. It will really open your eyes. Extremely well researched. The man that wrote it is a former police detective. Uh, He spent most of his life researching these cases. Um, And when these children disappear, uh, they disappear without a trace. You know, they can be within 50 feet of their parents in the woods and they're gone.
0: Uh, It's just nuts and scary. So, so what's the thought, Brad? Do they think these are. Kitty snacks or is this is this their attempt to maintain their population? I think uh, the food, they're I, I,
1: and it's a horrible thing to say, but I, I think it's a food source. Um, and you know, I'm going to get to a story. The first story I'm going to tell tonight, uh, actually, is a very recent story uh, out of order and uh, it plays right into that. So maybe I should just start on this story.
0: Yeah, because right. I like to know if we're not yeah. on the top of the food chain anymore.
1: Yeah, well, we're not on top of the food chain. <laughs> All right, so uh, this story takes uh, uh, place in uh, southwestern or southeastern Oregon um, in a very secluded area. Uh, there's a gentleman, I'm going to call him John. Right, John's, uh, anyway, I'm not going to get into details. So his name is John. All right. Uh, John has been an avid Bigfoot searcher. Uh, he saw one, the reason he got into the Sasquatch is he was actually, his father took him out. To a particular creek in the Oregon Mountains, and to teach him how to fly fish when he was like nine years old. And him and his father both witnessed a Sasquatch cross the creek. And from that day on, he became obsessed—just absolutely obsessed with this creature. So, going forward, so now he's the kind of guy that goes, "Hey, let's go Sasquatching this weekend." And da da da. da. And, uh, he's one of the smarter ones. Um, he always packed a pistol with him—a uh, Glock, I think it was. Um, and a knife, mm-hmm. uh, whenever he... went, He'd always left his coordinates uh, with his family, uh, and later his wife. So they, they knew exactly where he was. So if something, you know, he didn't come back on time. You remember, so when you go in these Orgon mo- Mountains, your cell phone doesn't work. There's no cell towers. You don't get any service, so once you're out there, yeah. you are out there. So, occasionally, John would go on these little adventures by himself when he couldn't find anyone else to go with him, which um, I used to do the same thing, and, you know, after... His story. I'm never going to do that again, uh, at least without without my dog. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, this one figure today, uh, uh, John had made plans. He wanted to. He had some time off. He wanted to get out to the Oregon Mountains, get you know, relax. He invited his best friend to go with him. His best friend was going to go, uh, but uh, his best friend's girlfriend, you know, you know, wanted to go to the mall or some shit that day, so he, he didn't go. Now, John was camping out. You know the area where he was going. It takes a long time to get out there. and um, when you get to these back roads, they're more like a path, and it's very hard to transverse them. So uh, it takes hours to get up where he was going, basically. And he's well out of cell phone range. So he leaves Friday night, and uh, he's gone. Um, Sunday comes around. It's about three o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, his best friend will call David. David's a call from John's wife saying, you know, frantically that uh, he hasn't checked in yet. And that's really odd because he should have been home by now. So David immediately, you know, jumped in his vehicle, uh, took a flashlight, that kind of thing, and uh, went out there. Um, Still daylight. Took him, you know, a couple hours, you know, two hours to get there, I think I remember correctly, to at least to the base of where he had to be. And uh, as he was driving up the very back, you know, road, if you want to call it, um, he said, he started getting concerned because he had figured by now he'd see John walking out if his vehicle had broken down or he had gotten stuck, or uh, right. something of that nature." You, you know, that. yeah. Um, so he got to a point where his vehicle he couldn't go any further with, so he had to get out and walk. Now he knew where uh, John's main campsite was. You know, where he liked to go is uh, mm-hmm. overlooking a particular mellow meadow, a good range to see a lot of the mountain mountains. So anyway, long story short, um, he walks a good mile and a half to get there from where his vehicle is parked. He can see, as he's approaching, you see John's truck, you know, the old beat-up truck that John used to this, and uh, both the doors were open. You know, on the, There's two doors, mm-hmm. both doors were open. <clears throat> as he got up to the back of the pickup, you can see all the camping equipment was still in the back of the truck. So either someone had was getting ready to leave and put it away, or someone never, took it, never it out. took it out. So he started yelling the guy, you know, for John's name. Dave started yelling, nothing, nothing. He's yelling and yelling and yelling. He said, Let's figure out what the hell happened, you know? So he starts looking around and he noticed on the ground there were what looked to be drag marks, you know, like mm-hmm. something being be drag. So he continued to walk because now it's no longer a road. It's literally a path. And he was walking up this path and it's obvious these are drag marks. And then he sees big footprints, you know, in conjunction with the drag marks and one of these, you know, the areas have a little more dirt or mud to them. And it was obvious to him very quickly that what he's seeing is whatever was standing upright by pedal walking was dragging something along. And uh, it didn't take him very long to figure out what was being dragged. And uh, it was his friend, John. Uh, John. Uh, he went a little bit further uh, until he came across a structure now if you know anything about sasquatches they do they take uh wood they'll make you know different designs if you will mostly from the x you know marks a spot if you will uh but they make it's like big trees and land against each other and make big axes uh, that's one of the signs believe it or not that you know you're a sasquatch area and i don't know if it's a warning or if it's a marker somehow but this is what they do um and he saw two big X's made out of, you know, wood on, on the different sides of the of the, the path. Um, at that point, he knew it probably wasn't a smart idea for him to be out there going the by himself, so he had, you know hiked out of there. But uh, in hindsight, uh, he was he's, Dave is uh, you know clear today that the equipment was never taken out. So whatever happened to John happened literally shortly after he got there. Um, he was Bigfoot food. Uh, John's body has never been found. This is a true story, by the way. Uh, no traces of John have been found. Not a sneaker, not his pants, not his shoes, nothing. Not a single piece of the, you know, not his gun, nothing. Completely disappeared. Other than his truck, it was a camping. Wow. Uh, very true story. Wow. And the only thing that were found were the footprints and uh, the drag marks. So that is... A, you know, that's a true story and that's, a, that's a very, uh, to me, that shivers up my spine because I used to go out all the time. You know, I was always loaded and ready for action, but, well, you know, so and so this guy,
0: you know. Even if you're not a searcher or if you're just out hiking or camping or, I know we talked about this last time, we talked about this about, you know, the forest in New York and camping and running around and in the woods and never thought about it. I mean, I think of all the times as my parents at the local state parks, and just, you know, as long as you're home by dust, love right. play, and <laughs> yeah. playing in the woods, and miles from where the camp is, and <laughs> having a good time. And, eesh, think about it now yeah. more reasons. How am I still alive? Exactly. And that would, that would probably have probably been a tasty morsel back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, uh, you know, there's another story. Uh,
1: this comes from actually, this is not a, a force ranger who tells this story. This story is actually from a, uh, a police officer, uh, state trooper actually, uh, for the state of order. Uh He, he was uh, going to investigate a crime. He got a call about a crime. Um, now, where the crime had happened was very deep uh, <laughs> in the Oregon Woods. You know and uh, I don't think people realize how spiritually populated Oregon really is there's a lot of forests I mean, it's not a very big population um, idea. and that's it that's just a fact of the area you know Washington State's the same way so we you know takes a good hour and a half for him to drive out to where this social crime had happened and he gets there and uh, uh, just so you know before I go any further this Oregon if you've never been to Oregon, you're not going to understand what I'm talking about. But Oregon takes litter, or, you know, littering, you know, dumping your garbage. Fuck. Really serious. I almost said the F word. I came close. Really serious. <laughs> um, it's, it's like a major crime out there. Uh, I, actually, I worked with someone once and spent some time in Oregon, and they were at this river, and it was all, you know, not that many people there. And she dropped a candy wrapper, and this guy turned around and saw it and started screaming at her. You're going to pick that up, aren't you? I mean, like, and that's the mentality out there. They're very protective of the environment, uh, the natives, the locals, the people. Uh, I mean, way more than you would see anywhere else. So going into this, the crime was uh, these hikers had found someone that dumped garbage. So, and that's one of the things the state troopers do out there in the county mountains is they actually go through garbage to find out who dumped them because people are always stupid. They leave little clues yeah. and they bust them. That's what they do. They hang out. They make a lot of fines off of that. You can't do. make this up. So he's out there for that. He does an investigation. The crime scene. He gets the evidence he needs. Blah blah blah. He's back in his vehicle. Now he knew he was going to be out there most of the day. It was a good hour and a half, two hours each way. He's like well, you yeah. So he brought a little luncheon with him. And so about lunchtime, he's heading back, and he pulls over to this this area where he, you know, he's on the, the bottom of a an incline, uh, but he can see this beautiful hillside. Kind of going sloping up from him, open field. So he gets out of his car, sits on his his head of his hood of his car, and he's got his binoculars. And, you know, he takes some look at birds and shit. He was in and that kind of stuff and eating a sandwich. And all of a sudden, he sees this deer come flying out of the woods <laughs> up on top. Right, so he puts his binoculars and the deer stops dead in the field, right? dead. And it makes that noise, that noise that deer's make. You know, when there's like Danger around. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he hears what he could see there was a knocking noise in the woods. He said, "What the hell makes a knocking noise in the woods?" And that was behind, or was it behind? Yeah, it was in front of the deer. The knocking noise came in front of the deer. So I'm almost uh, not quite in front of the field where the deer was standing, but a mm-hmm. little to the angle. All right. So this knocking noise. Goes, and the officer's like, "What the hell was that?" So he's got the knuckles on he's looking. And all of a sudden. The deer with his left foot started stomping. Okay. Yeah, right. Down, down there, yeah, yeah. So he's like, alright, so a sense of danger. Before the deer can move, out of nowhere, he's got his binoculars on, right? he's got a sandwich in one hand, he's holding the binoculars up with his left hand, out of nowhere, from behind the deer, this thing comes leaping out of the freaking trees. You know, like the brush. it was a buck, by the way grabs the deer by one of the horns, like in midair, comes around, wraps his other arm around its neck, and snaps it. Deer's dead instantly.
0: Yeah. And
1: this beast was the officer's standing there. He's got his thing is so huge he actually he dropped the sandwich and put his binoculars down so he could get a better view, you know, of the creature and its massiveness because it took up the binoculars.
0: Jesus.
1: And he's like, this thing had to be eight feet tall. So it literally it was so fast, it was unbelievable how fast it was. And the deer's down on the ground, it literally ripped its head right off. And then what he the creature's back was to him, but you couldn't tell but he got the impression it was opening up a chest cavity, like ripping it open and taking what out or eating whatever. So this is going on he goes like maybe a minute and a half, two minutes. The thing stands up, it's at least eight feet tall, and there's a there's another noise, another knock, you know? from where the direction was before and the Bigfoot thing takes off at lightning speed, you know, towards the other knock. So here's this officer, he's like in his mind trying to comprehend Processed. what he he's yeah. never you know, yeah. in his he never thought of Bigfoot. He's never believed in Bigfoot. He knows it wasn't a bear. Bears don't leap into the no. air, you know <clears throat> it, it, they don't still do things like that, you know, and 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 it was huge. And he just he can't process it. He slowly picks up his <laughs> sandwich off you know, off the hood of the car he dropped, and he's just standing there. And he's like, he's got his gun on him, and he's thanking the Lord he has his gun. But he's like, he just had this feeling he should get the hell out of there. This yeah. is not a place you want to hang out. No. There's, there's two of these things. He's it's obvious to him his mind is starting to process now what happened. They used a bait and you know a bait uh, technique on the deer, yeah. you know, to confuse it. So these two things are working in tandem. They're not stupid, whatever they are. And he's like, and he's getting out of there so he gets in his car. Before he actually gets back into his car, he, he, he gets off of the hood of his car, comes around to the side to open up the door, and he hears this scream of all screams. Oh, yeah. The one that I told you. Right? He knew that it was time to leave. They knew he was there at that point. He sure was. He got in his car. He got the hell out of there. He went back it took him a week and a half to get the nerve to go back. He brought a shotgun with him this time. He went back, and now the deer carcass—most of it's gone at this point. You know, it's just hair left because nature takes care of nature. Oh, yeah. I mean, I talked about this before: why no bones ever found, you know, and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, it was obvious he, he wasn't. He thought maybe he had imagined it. You know, you never know. He, you right. see something so out of the, but no, it really happened. He found this. What was left? It was like one piece of the tooth or something from the the, the, the actually head that was ripped off, and a couple, you know, some hair was still left around, but that was it. Um, Everything else is gone. Uh, But uh, that changed his view. Uh, He's about to retire, so he doesn't want his real name used or anything like that. But he is going to come forward, you know, once he does retire, uh, and tell a story uh, with his real name, Uh, just because you know what, he was real. Because I never would have believed it unless I saw it myself um and he said he'll never forget today
0: uh as long as it runs. so wow that's that's crazy <laughs> they move that fast i mean that was you know i guess you can be happy you got a gun with it but if they move that fast a deer yeah exactly And deers are a little skittish so they're not gonna right sit there thinking before they run All right and you've got an eight foot tall animal <laughs> <laughs> that has you know, and
1: I've heard this this exact terminology from three other witnesses, by the way. It was 10 feet tall, nine feet tall, whatever it was. It had to be 800 pounds, but it moved like a ninja. It moved like a ninja. And that was one of the terms I always found fascinating by witnesses and what they used. They said it moved like a ninja. The agility of these things apparently is amazing, and the speed of them is amazing. And I'll get to a speed story in a minute. But... These things may not be as intelligent as we are in the, in the concept of technology, but when it comes to survival instincts and how to hide and how to be not seen and how to uh, hunt, oh, yeah. I think these things have this beat tenfold. Tenfold. So let me tell you the story here. This is a great yeah. story. All right, Another police officer, he's off duty with his family. All right, This is in Oregon State, traveling on a highway. 7.30 at night, right? Uh, it's raining out. real storm, blah, blah, blah. Coming around a bit. He sees all these lights start go up. You know, people are hitting their brakes. And he's figuring an and He'll get out, call someone or whatever he's got to do. Even though he's off to, you know, he's got his family. Nope, not that. There's a creature on the side of the road. And it's running right along the highway with the, with the traffic. Now, he's going, he comes up to the thing. And he has to slow down, and it's like, well, it's actually, he's in the driver's side, so it's on the, the, the left-hand side of the vehicle. Right. And he's at 35 miles per hour, and this thing, when he comes up to it, he's at 35 miles, it's staying pace with his car at 35 miles per hour. He's driving, he he's in shock. His wife is screaming. They don't know what the hell this thing is. It's 90 feet tall, and it's running 30 35 miles per hour, and he looks up out of the window, and he has to look up at the thing, and it kind of glances down at the at the vehicle, which is an SUV, it wasn't even a car. It's glancing down to SUV, and it said it reminded me of a teenager. You know, the face was grill-like, but not. Right. <clears throat> almost, almost Neanderthal, or uh, or someone with Down syndrome. That's how he put it, Down syndrome, you know, looking. Nice. But you could see there was intelligence there, but you could also see the animal side of the thing. And It was like a, a kid that was, you know, in an area he knew he wasn't supposed to be, and he didn't know what the hell to do. Like a teenager, like, fuck, I'm supposed to be, there, I'm fucked. You know that kind. Of, I just said it twice today. Yeah, exactly. It. Damn it. So anyway, yeah. so anyway, it finds its way. It runs on the other side of the highway. they on the incoming traffic. Misses all the cars and runs up the hill. And this is a true story. And he wasn't the only driver saw I mean, there had be at least fifty to sixty other drivers that saw this dancing that day. You know, this again. Yeah, this is a police officer. You know, they're trained to observe things. This is their job. Right. You know, granted he was off duty, but doesn't change his no. observation skills. Um, and again, that I was telling that story, I wasn't really going to plan to tell you that one, and I, but because of the speed aspect of it, right. you know how fast these things are. You know what animal runs at thirty-five miles per hour in two legs? Nothing. You know nothing. Um, just just fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. You well, know, wow. yeah. Well, man. here's another story. Okay, another so forest ranger. Forest, I ranger. forest ranger. I love forest rangers. So, <clears throat> this 4th rage is retired. Right? Okay. And uh, I don't want to give too many details because it's going to give out, it would be easy for someone to figure out who this is. Okay. All right, so I'm kind of keeping it in state of Oregon. Um, and her husband does a certain line of work that would kind of give this away, so I'm not going to say what, what kind of work it is, but he spends a lot of time out of town. So, uh, they had just bought this what they considered a dream house. it lead to their kids someday or their grandchildren or whatever. You know, it's got like you know, 20 acres of land. Uh-huh. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's a quiet little town in Oregon in the Oregon mountains. So her husband's away. There's all the furniture, in. And uh, they had big floodlights in the house and that kind of thing. And, uh, like the second or third night that she's there by herself, the uh, floodlights slid up on the house. All o'clock at night, she could see him from the bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, so she gets out, you know, she gets up, you know, how's going on, you know, looks out, it's see. CD thing, because they can out back to bed. Hour of may go by, and there's a big uh, slap on the side of the house. That woke her right up. What the hell was that? And all the phone are back. Look at out, does not see? Next morning, she gets up, You know, I remember, you know, she was a forest ranger uh, for 35 years at the bush retirement. Mm-hmm. Well, aware of what animals and in. When I say forest rangers, she was actually out in the forest, so not all forest rangers spend time in the field. It just was her job was to be out in the forest. Anyway, very well, very aware of what animals are out there. So, walking around her property, checking it out, and it was, yeah, rain, so yeah, it was a little damp. So, she, uh, in an area around the house where the slap was, there was some very large footprints. And she measured that, I think it was 21 inches. Wow. Which is gigantic. Yeah. And what a slap would have been. You know, someone that had close to 11 feet tall slap the side of the house where it was slap that because her bedroom on the second floor. If you have an idea, to put your hand up how tall you got to be to hit the second, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? At least 11 feet tall. So, interesting point. So, that was the first weird incident. Second night, same thing happened. Slap on the side. Alright. Okay. And it got a little worse. About an hour after the slap, she actually heard something bound, like bound from the ground up on to the front porch. You heard it like a banging noise, like something hit when mm-hmm. it landed. So, all the lights were on. You know, she ran downstairs, she grabbed her gun, of course, right. and nothing was there. Went back to sleep, and there was two slaps on the side of the house. And then she's like, All right, this is getting nuts. What the hell's going there? Morgan comes around, finds more footprints. So, being a former forest ranger, she called a local forest ranger. who stationed, believe it or not, it was only about eight miles away. He came down, she goes, look, this is gonna sound nuts, I'm a former forest ranger, blah, 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 we exchanged pleasantries. She told him, look, this is what happened out of And he looked at her, he said, okay. He you went know, over to the side of the house, she showed him. He was doing one of the furniture to the sea, he goes, okay. Because I'm going to tell you something, and uh, you're not going to probably accept this right off the bat, but you have a sasquatch, <laughs> at least one. And this is from another forest ranger. Uh-huh. She's like, "What?" <clears throat> just look at. Her. They're real. We know they're real here. They're nothing to be played with. Okay, just so you know, they're, they're not they're not friendly. You know, if you leave them alone, most of the time they'll leave you alone. So she's like alright, maybe he's right. So, you know, whatever, he went on his way and her day went on. Nothing happened that day. Next day, she uh, took her dog for a walk out to the forest and then dropped it. And it was a creature. Ran along there. Anyway, they're walking back from their walk and that's when she heard a whistle in the middle of nowhere. A loud, loud, perfect whistle. Mm. And then she heard a whistle from the opposite direction answering the first whistle back. At that point, she knew there was no animals in that area that whistled, it was only human beings. And the next closest human being was six miles away. So that freaked her out. She wasn't armed, even though the forest ranger told her you should arm yourself out of your property. She did not follow the advice. So she started to hightail back you know, at a fast pace, not running, but walking at a fast pace back to the property, close to her house anyway. That's when she heard the knocks. And then She started hearing knocking noises. and then she heard a whoop. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't that far away, like 300 yards. And then she heard another whoop, about 600 yards in the opposite direction. And then she knew for sure. Okay, there's nothing in the woods that. Would whoop. Nothing. Okay, not to each other anyway. So now you got whistles, you got whoops, you got you got knocks. knocks. Yeah. So she's freaking out. Then she starts to either she picks up the dogs the little dogs and ran her ass back to the house. Breaks into an open field her, you know, on a property where she sees see her out. She's running, 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 running. Runs out of breath, turns around, and at the edge of the, the woods, just under a tree line, she sees this, view, this thing. It's, it's nine feet tall. She can't make out the face, but the, 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 the fur or the, mm-hmm. the hair, whatever you want to call it, she can make it. was very black, and it was huge. And it wasn't a bear. It was on two feet. And it was swaying back and forth, almost like an ape does. But it's studying, so sways mm-hmm. back and forth. Totally freaked her out. She went back in her house, grabbed her shotgun, and she actually fired, not at it, she knew what it killed, but over its head, she scared it off and ran off. The next night, there was a party at her house, the Sasquatchers. Literally, there was a party. They were banging in the house, they were jumping up on the, the porch, they were doing all kinds of shit, right? All the floodlights were going off. She went out, ran to her front porch, and started shooting the gun off into the dark. You know, she didn't think she was hitting anything, but just to scare That actually stopped the activity. Um, she actually, her husband, had considered selling the house after this last event. Um, she has decided not to sell the house. Because what better way, in her words, other than to study these things, but by a former forest ranger. Right. You know, and so that's what she's doing. I'm not going to tell her name. Uh, you know, she's going to write a book, I'm sure, or something. That was her. You know, so. They'd be very unnerving. I would think they'd be very unnerving. Oh, yeah, especially when your husband's away
0: doing shit all the time yeah. and, you know, with his job. And... All right, well, we are way past uh, shot time. And where are we doing tonight? Tonight, we have Mr. Boston's and Butterscotch Snop. Here's a swimming with Sasquatchers.
1: Oh, legged like Sasquatch. oh, like Sasquatchers. Bo-legged Sasquatchers. Ah,
0: all right That was actually pretty good. All right. Yum, 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 yum. Tasty. So, I, see, and I gotta think, you know, he was, everyone says you gotta be armor but I would think what most people would carry is a firearm. Like, you said your friend carried a clock. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't know what caliber was, because clock comes in all kinds of caliber, yeah, but that I'm thinking anything. Mm-hmm. Anything smaller than a forty-five is just going to piss this thing off. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I know when you and I go out in the woods, yeah. <laughs> the Glock at home. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably bringing the forty-one Magnum yeah. revolver <laughs> backed up with a 1911 <laughs> 45 sidearm, and I'm probably bringing the AK-47. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the 30 round magazine. Hey, it, that. I'm just saying. Yeah, that. Um, I, I know what all these firearms can do, and they, they in, my, in my opinion, stand the best chance of taking something down that size. You gotta, I, the things have just got, they, they sound massive and strong and probably have a unique. Endocrine system that deals with pain, and puts them on a very high threshold for tolerance. Yeah. So.
1: You know, and I, you know, I, when I go, and I always, I've always been armed. I, I don't think I ever went out in the woods unarmed. I always brought my 16 gauge with me, and uh, I'll tell you what, I always brought the, the gun with me, not because of the fear of Bigfoot, because I don't want to eat eaten by a bear. I mean, that was my big fear. You know, that was always my fear. I'm like, no bears taking me and making me a chicken.
0: Bears should be too. Yeah,
1: but the 16-gauge will stop a bear. It will kill a bear. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But the Sasquatch things, these things are, they're massive. You know, there's a story. Here's a great story. This is true. I just can't remember the gentleman's name, but he's been on TV before, and he's told it. Uh, He passed a lie detector test. All this crap. I mean, there's no doubt this guy's telling the truth. So, anyway, long story short. Uh, he's a commercial guy out in Alaska. What he does, he has a boat. He takes out uh, hunters to hunt uh, grizzly mm-hmm. bears on this boat. Takes them to different islands. So, he, uh, he had a hunter with him. And he's out one night. It was that night, you know, they were hunting mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and they were coming to an area where they had to be. And the moon was shining bright, you know, on this particular area. They were maybe, I don't know, 300 yards from the shore or whatever. Both, a piece of boat. And uh, this grizzly bear comes out of the woods. It stands up on its two hind legs and sniffs in the air. It's like doing the sniffing the air shit, right. right? It comes back on all fours and just bolts, like takes off. <laughs> just like the fur standing up on his, He said, bear looked scared. He's have never seen a grizzly bear look scared, but it looked to him because he knows grizzly bears. That's mm-hmm. what his life is, his lifeblood. He goes, I've never seen a grizzly bear look scared. And that thing took off like it was scared out of his fucking wits. Flew. After sniffing the air. And literally 10 seconds later, marching out of the woods in the opposite direction, is this creature on two legs. It's at least 10 feet tall, if not 11. And just massive. He goes, even from where he was, he could in the moonlight, he could see the muscles rippling underneath the fur. That's how big and massive this thing was. And it just put it head back and let out this blood-curling scream, which I've told you about before. Yeah. You never want to hear that. And darts off in the direction of where the grizzly bear went. It was going after. it was. The grizzly bear was food for this. Oh, yeah? I mean, that to me
0: is nuts. That's nuts. Like us chasing out a rabbit. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's what I'm saying it's you know I appreciate you know the Rangers being out there armed and telling people the same thing, but I think I think it's kind of a false sense of security for a lot of people. That people just don't get it. I mean, if you saw, read the stories I've read,
1: you know, documented, you know, police reports where children are living up, out in the you know the, the national forest out west, they're with their parents. They're literally within a hundred yards of their mom and a dad, you know, the seven-year-old or eight-year-old, and they just vanish in the thin air within seconds. Mm. I mean, gone within seconds. Way. You know, and nothing's ever found—no speakers, no clothes, nothing. And massive, massive manhunt have launched. You know, for these kids, nothing's
0: ever found. It doesn't Gee, that's the crazy part too. Is that they and they do that? They do, you know, bloodhounds, you name and bloodhounds, bloodhounds, and search lines and. And nothing, nothing, nothing turns nothing, up. Nothing, Zero. Yeah, you, you know, that's, it? I think that's the crazy thing is that these things are so elusive and they've developed the ability to, to remain hidden. You would think something would have turned up not. Like, say I'd probably be one person the first i do as president. I would send a SEAL team into the world, <laughs> Tell them not to report back until they have captured <laughs> a damn big, a big plug, You know right? what I'm saying? Yeah. You know. Uh but it sounds like uh Sasquatch should give uh, the SEALs a run for their money.
1: Uh, there's a, a very interesting story of a hunter. Uh, this is down in Arkansas. And uh I think big course, we show. got that'd be oh yeah, lots awesome. of okay. that'd be a great show.
0: Yeah. Arkansas. Sasquatch versus Seal. <laughs> <laughs> they do all these reality yeah, shows. Yeah, that's true. That'd yeah. be an uh, incredible uh, pair up.
1: Yeah, that's not a bad idea. We should we should launch it. Like the whole advantage. SEAL team. Yeah, like,
0: yeah. I'm going to give... Try to give them an advantage. I don't think it will be an advantage, but I'm going to try to give them an advantage. I'm not going to go one-on-one with a 10-foot Sasquatch against the biggest <laughs> SEAL we can find. But put the whole damn SEAL team out there. Bring back a Sasquatch. Yeah, bring back a Sasquatch. Because that's how... They're trained. They're trained. It sounds like they're trained like the Sasquatch. Main Eden and London and... Move around and not be detected, and I I would love to see how that turned out. I, I'm
1: putting my money on the Sasquatch. Really. Well, by yeah, two points, <laughs> but
0: not the men, our, our servicemen believe me. But uh, right. it sounds like the Sasquatch has a few tricks up his sleeve that they haven't taught you guys. Uh, true, true, anywhere? Yeah. Truth hunter story. Okay. Uh, this guy is a. It uh, wasn't a Marine. He was
1: in the Army. He uh, served in. Well, this, the, the, the first Gulf War, if I remember correctly, the first Gulf War. Okay. So he's not that old, but, you know, he's my age, basically. Right. Maybe a little bit old. Not in Arkansas, he hunts in the same spot all the time, loves hunting, thing to do. Uh, Buddy turned him on to another location, he figured check it out. He went, parked his truck, he picked up the truck, you know, he had, I can't remember he was hunting with, what kind of gun, the shotgun or whatever the hell it was. Went out early in the morning, uh, Went to an area uh, and, you know, sat up in a tree. You know, didn't have a tree stand or anything. He just climbed a tree, sat up there and figured out for deer. He said he sat there for about an hour. And all of a sudden, he heard deer stampeding through the woods. Mm-hmm. he's like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to get some shots off. It was more than one. There was four of them. And it was flying through the woods. And he didn't shoot at him because he like, something ain't right. Why are four deer yeah. running like they're going to be murdered? You yeah, know I mean? like they were,
0: them, not, you know, not part of a driving yeah, party or something like that. Yeah, they, they were
1: flying. It wasn't like something wasn't right, you know. They flew by him. He's like, what the hell's going on And all of a sudden, he hears a whistle. Like someone's whistling. And he's like, well, maybe some other hunters were, you know, pushing mm-hmm. them, were in the push. Couldn't figure it out. in the tree. Not saying nothing. He was about to shout out say, hey, you know, blah blah blah. And he's like, well, I don't want to mess up their hunting things and he shut his mouth. All of a sudden, out of the side of the woods where his tree was, he saw this creature that was seven to eight feet tall come out, looking around, put his hand on the the one tree, leaned up against the tree, put his hand up on the tree, and was like looking, like kind of searching with his eyes, like looking for the deer. The hunter sits there going, what the fuck is that? So he put, his, he put his gun up and put a scope on it. He could better look at the face. You know, he could see the face of the thing. You know, and it had a big, real heavy brow, not quite a pug nose like an ape, a little bit more pronounced, and like a long slit for a mouth, and these deep black eyes, right? And this thing apparently saw him at that point. Maybe it saw a reflection off the scope mm-hmm. or whatever, but it saw him. It took his hand off the tree. Got down a little bit more of a crunch. And his arms, by the way, are longer than its, it. He went down past his knees, he said. But it started swaying back and forth a little bit. Behind a tree. Go out of the tree, behind the tree. The tree wasn't huge. You know, couldn't hide behind a tree. And it's looking at it. And he's looking at this thing. And he's like, he, he's trying, in his mind. Now, Train his process. mind is, but. Transprocessing. Didn't yeah. believe before, Never fuck that bullshit. And he said again again. Therefore, never believe that kind of crap. Because he can't process what he's looking at. He knows it's not a bear." It's not an ape. It's not a human. You don't know what the hell it is. It's huge. And it's just... And it's got this... You can see, like... Because the way it was, especially through the scope, you can see the, the chest muscles. Mm-hmm. He goes, you could take the... Arnold Schwarzenegger, the biggest bodybuilder you ever saw, he goes, and this thing was bigger. Uh-huh. That's how large this the muscles were on this thing. Was, it, was, it was crazy. It was like genetic enhancements or something. This thing was huge. So... He's looking through the scope of this thing and he's watching weave back and forth at it. And it grit—it opens up its mouth and it grits its teeth at him. And like growling at him, like, like that at him, right? Like, and he's like, he's thinking about, you know, at this point, he's starting to call, he's not, he's panicking, but his mind starting to process the way he's seeing this plane. Mm-hmm. He's like, I shoot this thing, get the hell out of here, or it's going to kill me. All of a sudden, he hears a whistle from behind him. And the thing stopped growling at him. And he said the closest thing he'd think of was a smile. Like, he did a smile like, ha ha, here comes my buddy. You know, that kind of thing. He's like, he made a decision at that moment in time. He took a shot over the top of the creature, which made it duck and move off in the woods. He dropped down onto the tree. He literally dropped his gun and just started bolting. Bolting for where his vehicle was. Running through the woods like a deer, if you will, mm-hmm. out of fright. By the way, he never went back for a gun. True story. He never went back for his gun. Ran, s- got to the dirt road, you know, where his truck was parked. He could see his truck far, far away. You know, he, he Start running towards his truck. He's getting closer, and he's getting closer, and he's getting closer. He can hear these things now running in the woods alongside him. One's on one side, and the other one's on the other side. They're shadowing him all the way back to the vehicle. He gets back in the vehicle, he gets. He drives in the truck, right? And like you see in those horror movies, he drops the freaking keys on the freaking floor. So he's down there, he's looking for the keys, and he's saying to himself, this is like a freaking horror movie, I'm going to die, you know? And he gets the keys, he jams in the thing, It starts it, rolls it in reverse, and he had parked in,
0: yeah.
1: takes it, puts it in drive, and pounds on the exhaust system, right? Pounds on that pedal. Takes off, and the rearview mirror. These two things came out on the road. The thing that was seven to eight feet tall was the small one. <laughs> the other one was eleven to twelve feet tall. It towered over the other one. It was just staring at him. And he, uh, you know, he says now he he says if they wanted to kill me, they could have. There's there's no doubt in this guy's mind that if they wanted to kill him, they could have killed him. Um, it wasn't like they couldn't catch him if he, they didn't want to. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a warning, get the hell out of there. Yeah. And uh, he literally never went back to it. To his day, that gun is still somewhere next to that tree where he
0: dropped it and took off. Yeah, you gotta... Because you gotta ask stuff at that point, I mean, what do you do? Like, even if, the, even if the creature went away, you gotta be thinking to yourself, do, do I want to get out of the street at this moment? <laughs> right. Where'd that thing freaking go? Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: and, and not only that, you got another one coming up behind you. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Now, well, yeah, yeah. When that happened, that,
0: yeah, at that point, like, you get some. I'm taking someone with me. That. <laughs> that might be Vittles, but someone's gonna pay for the meal. What was what was the show I was watching? You, you were telling me it was a show. Um, they talked about these bigfoot. And there was a, a lineman worked on telephone lines. Oh, yes, yes, the was dog it man. was, man. was, was it the dog man stuff, yeah. Was it dog man? Yeah, yeah dog man, yeah. I remember that. That's, that was, that's, just, that's just a crazy one, too. Yep. Like, what do you do? What do you do? You just, <laughs> just foobarred with that <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. You're done, you know? man. You're cooked, you
1: know? You're either going to die it there or you're not. That's what really what <sighs> it boils down to, you know?
0: That's just crazy. And again, it's... You know, if, if we're the food, then we're you, oh, I got to definitely you, not tap the food chain.
1: I've never told the story before. I don't think I have anyway. I've never told the story before, and this is absolutely a true story. I know this person hundred percent. I know they're telling the truth. He's a Bigfoot nut nut now because of this story. <laughs> true story. A friend of mine who served in merchant marines. You know what the merchant marines? Yeah, obviously. Okay, uh, he was over in Malaysia, was stationed in Malaysia at one point many years ago. It was probably twenty years ago now. So, where they we're stationed, right? You know, they a little base, whatever, off the ship. Um, it was a dirt road to this, this encampment, the, the base, as he calls it. There was no officer's club or anything on this base. So, to get any kind of liquor or alcohol, you had to go into town, which was a good, you know, if you didn't have a car, mm-hmm. like a Jeep, you know, you were an officer, which he wasn't. You were walking, Jeez. you know? So, it was a good five-mile trek, right? So, long story short. Uh, one night, he's coming back from his, you know, he had a couple drinks, but that, he wasn't drunk. And he's moving along, moving along, moved lights out, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, he sees this shape on the side of the road up against a tree. And he's thinking it's another fellow Merchant Marine that got right. too drunk and fell over. And he's like, should I ever go help this guy? So he, you know, walks over and goes, bends down, <laughs> puts his hand out. Into this, into this, what he thinks is another guy, and it shows hey, buddy. because a shake him, right? Mm-hmm. And he's saying hey, buddy, as he does it, and he grabs fur. When he goes in, it's fur. And he's thinking, is he saying hey, buddy? He's like, what's this fucker doing with a fucking fur coat on? Yeah. <laughs> right. We have words right there. I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. It's part of the story. So <laughs> he's like, well, why he's got a fur coat on, right? So this thing, all of a sudden, just stands up. Doesn't do like a human where it's got to push off or, you know, kind of mm-hmm. do that side thing. And yeah. stuff. Just literally just up from a sitting position against a tree. And now, this guy's name is Tim. Tim is six foot four and a half. He's a big dude. Yeah, okay? six and a half, yeah. Yeah, he's a big dude. He goes, Jeff, when this thing got up, man, it had me beat by three feet easy. <laughs> it was staring down at me. And I'm looking at this massive frame, and Tim's a big guy. You know, he's pushing 250, 260. You know, yeah. not, he's not like a bodybuilder, but he's a big guy. And he goes, this thing, I mean, seriously, you could have took me and maybe two of you and made that, what this thing was wide. And he goes, I'm just looking up at this thing going, I'm going to die right now. <laughs> I'm going to die right now. It didn't hurt him. It looked down at him and kind of like almost did like a shrug of his shoulders and just walked off into the woods. You know, and he said, you can hear it. Going through the woods and the stomping of its feet, you know, is it going to be a thousand pounds? I swear to God, it had to be a thousand pounds. That's you know, a uh, very true story, very true story, and he is uh, he is nuts about Sasquatch. Now uh, he is used uh, to want the term the Connecticut Hill Beast, by the way. Is it? Yeah, All right. but uh, he yeah he is something else, but uh, true story, and that happened in you know Malaysia, a lot places, and that's what got him onto the. Uh, The Sasquatch chick—he never believed in that stuff. No, obviously he he touched one. (laughs) He actually touched one man. That far out or what? Uh, Well, yeah.
0: I mean, I mean, because there's all kinds of stories. I mean, when when you go over that way, then it's uh, the Yeti, the Aboriginal snowman. Yeah, you got the the Yaoi in Australia. You
1: know, so. And, you know, Finding Bigfoot, which is a, a TV show I refuse to watch because I know a lot more about how these programs are made now because I did a pilot TV show uh, about Sasquatch. It didn't go anywhere, thank God, folks, because it was all fake. Um, I didn't know it was going to be fake when I got involved with it, but now I know how this stuff's all made. But anyway, uh, Finding Bigfoot uh, actually did an episode in Australia, Plenty for the Alley, and that was probably one of the best episodes. That one I did watch. And they really did get some decent evidence out
0: of that one. But still, you see, they're all over, and I think it's just, it's just great, because they're equally well hidden, no matter where they are. Right. Yeah. It's like, the ones in Australia, you know, a little sorler than the rest, and they keep being found, but, you know, it's this is just a uh, crazy species.
1: Well, here's the thing, like, um, you know, I already brought this up uh, before, I don't know if I'm going to show maybe we'll another one, but... Uh, you know, people report, even police officers, by the way, report at night the eyes are red. And I had one host go, you know, say, well, you know, animals' eyes can turn red at night. And actually, yeah, there are. There's quite a few animals' eyes that turn red at night uh, when they're flashed with light. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a fact, it's not a mis- belief. Uh, their eyes turn red. Uh, this creature could be the same way. Another thing that I found fascinating is there are species, there's a fox species, the Arctic fox, whose color of its furrow actually change with the season, so it blends in better for protection. Right. Who's to say that these creatures don't have the same kind of camouflage capabilities where the fur changes to match the environment they're in? Uh, you know, the Yeti is always considered white, you know, the first white. Right, but, you yes. know, worms. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, who knows? You know, who knows?
0: Now, do you think they're migratory? Or do you I, think they are? That is a big thing now.
1: I think that's big now is the big migratory theory. A lot of big flip researchers, all the big name guys who spent many more years of doing this than I have, all think that. I think that's very possible. Um, a lot of them believe that they follow power lines. Like, you know how the power lines are always cut out to the mountains? Right. They seem to follow. There's a lot of signs around power lines. So there's a belief that they use those lines to travel from different areas. Because you can't build a house there. There's no people well, you, you know what i'm saying so you, you know what i'm talking about you go up through right. the woods you see a power line going here that's yeah you know they'll, they'll walk not in the open of the
0: power line but alongside it because they know there's nothing there well i'm not going to be built in, technically technically believe, right nothing should be going on there like you shouldn't be up off-roading on power lines right. and things exactly like that. so that's kind of a protected area yeah so, i guess that makes sense
1: but that's uh you know that's the they, they are migratory, yes. You know, uh,
0: more sightings
1: um, of Sasquatch. If I remember correctly, happen uh, in the lower elevations during winter, and I think it's because they're coming down the front. Oh, food. Yeah, and then in the summer they spend. You know, the Indians. Some Indians call them ridge walkers because they, you know, the Indians say that they walk on the tops of the mountains, the ridges. They have a better view. They can see what's coming, what's going, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, uh, which makes sense. And I think there's a lot of belief in that, too, on my side, actually. I think they stay at the higher elevations whenever possible, uh, less human activity. And they can be able to see more that way, too. You know.
0: Very interesting. Yeah. She really
1: yeah, and you know, here's question. the funny thing. The first time Steve interviewed me, he called me. I was on a, a Sasquatch hunt by myself. I had one dog with me. We were on the side of a mountain. I just barely had cell phone range. And he's like, Hey, my name's T let the talk ghosts. I'd love to interview you. Will told me about who you were and all that kinda thing. Of I'm like, Oh yeah, I'd love to an interview. He goes, What are you doing right now? I go, Actually I'm out in pick honey. And This is like nine o'clock at night. He goes, Where are? And I told him where I was and he's like, You staying here overnight? Oh yeah, we'll see you in two nights. I'll come home. You he, he thought it was nice. And I look back now, I'm like, Why was I out there by myself? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's you know, that's
0: <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of a role for paranormal too, is that you don't, you don't investigate by yourself. And it's not so much, you know, that the ghosts are really going to eat you. But, you know, just in case accidents or, yeah, you know, good. just anything can happen. You want to have a second person every time you have your back. But, sometimes you do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not doing that again. No, no, not doing that again. <laughs> I'm, oh, no, oh, no, don't, no, don't. I'm not sure what the next person's going to do except hopefully runs slower than you. <laughs> eat him! Eat him! You know, the actual person is actually the food. Yeah, you're to the, the speed up till I get which back to my car I'm get going the hell doing, out of there. Which explains why I'm going with you and sitting in the spring. <laughs> you know I'm not going to run. So, get my Yukon Denali and run the bastard over.
1: <laughs> I know I can outrun
0: Amble, that's for sure. <laughs> I know Ooh, I can outrun Amble. He's <laughs> sacrifice. But very interesting. I think the Krypton, I think all the Kryptons are kind of interesting. These are all kind of the same thing. You don't hear, you know, the, you know, the Mothman and Dogman and things. There's been a few others that have popped up yeah. more recently, <clears throat> but, um, it's, it's interesting how these things appear and leave without a trace. They have that kind of
1: the ability. The Dermot Ridge is in the footprint. Yeah. That's what
0: they're leaving. The Dermot Like I said, I just, I think it would be... Because it was a TV show like that. You know, if you ever watch a TV reality show where it pitted one group against another. Right. The Ultimate Warrior. Did you ever say that, Sean? Yeah, I think so. Had, like, Tupone's Mob versus <laughs> Yakuza. Or, you know, Robin Hood versus Genghis Khan. Or it was just crazy. Right. That, that would just be... A great matchup, Sasquatch versus SEAL Team 6. Have them feed that into their computers, all the stories, all the data they have on Sasquatch. Yeah, there's no way SEAL Team 6 is one of those. just no way. No, just no way. No, just no way. No, no way. No, way. no. I and I love you guys, I love what you did. I get it. You got Bin Laden, but I tell you, if Bin Laden was a Sasquatch, you never would've got him. <laughs> he would've got you. You got you. <laughs> you know. Uh, and there's still a possibility that Sasquatch is just bionic. Hey, okay, you never know. That was a great episode. Oh, I'm Sorry, right. that was Steve. Steve Austin. Austin. Not, yeah. not Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah. but Steve Austin, the Six Million Dollar Man.
1: <laughs>
0: Meets Bigfoot. Yeah. Great episodes. There's like two or three of those episodes. It was yeah, I think one I think the it was like a double episode and yeah. then he more but Sasquatch was uh a bionic dude like him, except he was all bionic, he was a robot kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And was it Alien? I don't derived? remember. I, I'm gonna watch it on YouTube now tonight, because I can't remember. I'm definitely gonna watch it for that Yeah, so it was a great episode. Bigfoot it was, it was ugly ugly looking Bigfoot, they could have done better than Bigfoot, but <laughs> You know, but, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's also out there's a possibility. Not, not not a very good one, but, yeah, so so uh, we're coming up on the end. We're actually going to be a little bit over, which is fine. And, again, uh, petition your local reality TV, Sasquatch versus CLT. That'll be a great episode. Like
1: and I believe word. Jeff has the final word. I have the final word. Uh I guess, uh, you know, I'll make a simple night, folks, is uh, if you're out in the woods, uh, make sure you do the buddy system. Uh, you should always be armed. Um, there are things out there that we haven't discovered yet. Um, I have personally encountered it myself. I can tell you, if you heard what I heard, you probably, a lot of people would probably never go back in the woods again. So just keep that in mind. Be armed and don't let your children out of your sight. <laughs>